Hi, everyone, and welcome to Trading Paper. I'm Sam Berg, Director of Sales at VTS, and your host for our third episode. Joining me today is Tim Pond, a former broker and current market activation manager with VTS. Differentiation is the key to success in today's volatile commercial real estate market, and digital marketing plays a lead role in successfully setting assets apart. Landlords need to find ways to make the available listings in their portfolio irresistible to prospective tenants and capture the limited available tenant demand. Brokers must quickly leverage tenant insights and craft tailored follow-up and outreach that moves the tenant from lead to lease in a faster manner. Today, it's not enough to have a digital marketing presence. Effective digital marketing in commercial real estate has become a race to technology, as solutions that streamline the entire marketing to leasing pipeline prove to be what sets apart the good from the great. From bringing listings to market and promoting assets, to understanding listing performance and what tenants are actually looking for, it's digital marketing solutions that integrate with leasing software that is changing the game for leaders in the industry. Today, Tim and I will be talking about why effective digital marketing and CRE is table stakes, and with our experience in the industry, what we see as the next step for both landlords and brokers to see success in the market. We're really looking forward to having everyone listen today. And we're pumped for this conversation. So my experience in CRE is definitely different from yours. I wasn't in commercial real estate. I never did brokerage. I didn't work for an ownership group or anything like that. I guess my experience before VTS was I worked in office buildings at times, but um, been at VTS for seven years now. Um, it's been a great experience. And I think the value that I've gotten is being able to work with so many different brokers across the country, so many different owners across the country, owners that own in one specific region, owners that own across a bunch of different regions, whether it's gateway cities or whether it's sort of the secondary or tertiary markets. So my experience with CRE has been, I think, pretty broad as a result of working for VTS and having the opportunity to work with our clients on a day-to-day basis. And that's how I've learned about the industry. Cool. So on the contrary, my experience in commercial real estate has been basically focused in Manhattan. Um, After college, I went straight to Collier's International in the New York office. I worked there for eight years doing agency and and tenant rep um, office leasing. Um, And then actually, fun fact, prior to that, I I interned for our co-founder, Ryan Massiello at JLL in 2012, Right before he was uh, about to leave to start this beautiful company we know as VTS. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a? Do you, did you have a favorite job before working at VTS? Favorite brokerage, or do you not want to alienate any brokerages right now? Well, I, I loved Colliers. I loved my I loved my crew at Colliers. You know, still some of my best friends to this day. But I think. Um, you know, part of being in brokerage, especially in New York, is is all your competitors, you know, you, you see them on a weekly, daily basis. You go to broker events, broker parties, you're competing with them, but you also become friends with them in many in many instances. And that's actually been uh was made the VTS job so easy to transition to because, you know, it's it's a job where you basically you're selling to everyone you know. You know, you can pick up the phone and not, you know, everything's a warm call for the most part. So um, it's been very fun. You know, I think transitioning out of brokerage and becoming, 
you know, the VTS broker guy took a little time, but now I think broadly, you know, the brokers know, and they certainly come to me with many of their asks on a, on a daily basis, which, you know, we're always, you know, I think VTS has really doubled down in the, in the broker space recently, especially with, you know, the creation of my team. Um, so, so it's been fun and it's been a nice evolution of specifically my job at, at VTS. Yeah. And I think like when, when I'm thinking about it from the sales side, a lot of the people that are on the sales team at VTS don't come from a commercial real estate background. So a lot of what we think about is really related to how technology can help brokerage teams, ownership groups, what have you. So I think the creation of your team to get that different viewpoint when we're having conversations about like, we have this idea of how things should work, but then you can give us the actuality of how things do work and how things can work. I think that's really been invaluable and it's a great voice for the brokerage community to have with you and your team. Yeah. I mean, that's, you hit the nail on the head. I view our, I view my team's job as, is like a very much a, a source or wealth of knowledge that we on a daily basis bring to to your teams and i i think it's 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 been it's it's been adapted into a uh a resource that that you know has been utilized on a weekly daily weekly basis but i think it's starting to provide a lot of value uh internally yeah so i think like you've been in the brokerage game for a while both at Collier's as well as interning for Ryan at JLL and now at VTS being an advocate for brokerage groups and working with brokerage groups to help them use our software in a more meaningful way. But there's really been a a, a change that's happened in the market, especially over the last three years because of COVID. So I'm wondering how in conversations that you've had both on the record and off the record, like how have brokers adjusted to that change how have they changed the way that they're doing things? Um, and how have they, in some cases or not, leaned on technology to help make their jobs um, more efficient? Yeah, I, I think uh, the main thing is is the uh, the need for virtual tours specifically. Um, I think, you know, with the amount of subleases going on the market, I think the number one thing that the brokers think about when they're about to launch a space nowadays is, you know, what does my digital content look like? It always used to be, you know, go to your, go to the space, take some photos on your iPhone, send it to your, uh, you know, graphics folks at, at your various brokerage firms and they would create a flyer and then you'd send it out on a weekly basis. Um, I think, you know, there, the change COVID has brought, um, has been drastic from everything from, implementing social media whether it's ads or just just the sheer amount of of space posting you see on linkedin it's it's no longer a you know put it up and it gets leased type thing and i think um you know landlords have recognized that and um you know they're 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 seeing the need for doubling down on what their building websites look like what their corporate websites look like I mean, when I was in the industry, like every like landlords and buildings had websites, but as a broker, I, you know, I don't mean to speak for the own the whole industry, but I kind of thought this was, you know, a general sentiment was that no one looks at these websites. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd go to a building website, and the general consensus was there's, this is probably not accurate, right. and um, I think that 
the persona of the person has also changed that's looking for space within a specific company. I mean, when I was doing it, a lot of the time it was very C-suite oriented. Um, who trusted their broker? They, you know, you, you, you said this is where we're meeting and these are the, and you didn't even tell them the buildings you were going to go look at. Right. Nowadays, it's like, it's like, you know, they want to know what they're going to go see. And then you got to remember these people are human beings. What do human beings do nowadays? They go on the internet for everything. So, you know, you can, the broker will continue to make, you know, the beloved PowerPoint PDF of the tour that they're going to go on. Hopefully they start adopting digital tour books from VTS. Shout out. No, um, they're going to send those, those lists to their, their clients. Um, but that person is going to sit at their desk and they're going to Google these buildings and they're going to go on the tour. And then as we always used to say, all five, six of the buildings, they all mesh into one. So you need a way to differentiate yourself. So if you're not online and that, you know, chief people officer that, that went to go tour the space is, is, you know, you know, looking back on the day of the long tour and trying to remember what they liked, they're going to go on online, whether they land on the building website, a corporate website, or on, you know, a VTS, uh, you know, market listing. Um, you want the, that content in front of them to, to, to stay relevant and, and to get your best shot at landing that tenant. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, and, and from the ownership side, like from, from my, from my viewpoint, there's always this na- there's this narrative that commercial real estate is slow to change and i think that that's sometimes accurate but i think it's very difficult to change in general when things are going well right like i always say like i i drink diet coke and i know it's not good for me but my only reason not to drink diet coke was i might be in better shape and that's a great thing to want to have but if I knew that there was some actual, if I could see health impacts on me, I would probably not drink Diet Coke as much, but I just don't see that. So I use that as a parallel to talk about what happened with COVID. Before COVID, things were going well for commercial real estate, like really well. And it's not that things are going poorly now, but things are just very different than they were three years ago. Three years ago, leasing space was just, you needed an office. So you're going to lease space from an office that's it. And then when COVID happened, landlords and owners and brokers, they changed rapidly. It was within a couple of months of COVID when we realized that this wasn't going to be over in two weeks. Almost every single ownership group that we were speaking with was thinking about digital content in some form or another. And that was really the first step and the first part of this evolution was making sure that you had digital content so that tenant reps and tenants were able to view their space view their space in a virtual way either before the tour or after the tour um, because that was the way that people were making decisions was they would go on site for a tour but they were pre-qualifying space before that and if you didn't have a virtual presence to show to that tenant you were being taken off those tours because the balance of power had shifted in a pretty meaningful way. Now, as we get to 2023, having virtual content is table stakes. Like, you don't have virtual content. You are just so far behind everyone else, and you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage unless you own some of the nicest Class A trophy assets in the city. But if you're regular Class A, Class B, 
and you want to compete for tenants, you need to have a virtual presence. Now, the shift that we've seen is that the virtual content is, 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 is not enough. It's table stakes, but it's not enough. You need to make sure that that virtual content is being seen in the way that you want it to be seen when you're not there. You also need to start getting insights from that virtual content so that you can understand who's engaging with your space, how they're engaging with their space, how often they're engaging with their space. And that really goes to what we've discussed a bunch of times, right? The actual process to search for space is nonlinear. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about what nonlinear means in terms of how tenants are actually going about their space search. Yeah, non nonlinear has been a a, a a nice catchphrase recently at, at VTS, but I definitely um, I agree with it, and I agree from it from the perspective of everything that you just said. You know, you used to you know you had a requirement, you you spoke with your broker, you know, you worked with all the the, the various vendors that went along with leasing a space along the way, and and you closed. Maybe it was lease expiration driven, or maybe it was you needed so much more space. It didn't matter what your lease, you know, your business was so good that, and you saw that a lot with the tech industry. Um, but with COVID and all the subleasing and all the, you know, reevaluating of space needs, companies either just let their space, it expire or they subleased their space. They had all these, you know, 75% of their workforce working from home. So going about looking for space has become much more of a, you know, Dipping your toes in to the water, you know, maybe coming out, seeing what's seeing what's available. It's not just what's available now. I need to find the best one that fits my needs. It's 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 like the waiting game. It's like you know, it's the you know, you're living at home with your parents. And you want to buy your first house, but the interest rates are so high right now. Like, I'm going to wait a year, or you know, I'm going to keep renting my apartment. It's I'm going to keep watching what the market does or maybe I'm just going to keep waiting until I see my dream home. That's that's kind of, I think, a little bit of the theme, the parallel between what's going on with residential and and commercial right now. I think the other thing that we talked about, in addition to this nonlinear way in which people are actually making decisions on space, has also been a shift and not a shift in the sense that we, we spoke about this earlier today. Smaller tenants, 10,000 square feet or less, they were always part of the market, but they weren't really a focus. And that, that's in line with the fact that supply didn't outweigh demand. Demand outweighed supply pre-COVID, and it wasn't even close. So the real focus for brokers and owners was whales. Yep. Right? Like, who's leasing 40,000 square feet? Everyone still knows when whales are in the market. They're just in the market less frequently. So now there's really been a, a focus, and, and our data shows that the tenant requirements, at least in, a, in, a, in, in the gateway cities that we have data in, 10,000 square feet or less make up 70% of the actual requirements. And now that 70% is actually a really important 70%, but they're still dipping their toes in and out of the water. There's non-exclusives with tenant reps. There's a undisclosed nature of tenants coming into tour. And the landlord maybe knows that they're a technology tenant, but they don't know who that tenant is. So talk a little bit more about the understand. And by the way, even though demand has gone down, the way in which demand happens has increased online. Over 200, 
by over 200% since 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 2020. That's where people are looking for space, either pre-tour or post-tour. So if you can talk a little bit more about like how those data points, um, why they're important, how you're supposed to get insight on those, that would be really helpful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Um, you know, in my brokerage days, uh, you know, we would always do, you know, looking back at the quarter, looking back at the year, how, you know, the leasing velocity, et cetera. And New York, I'm stealing this data point from Frank Wallach, but um, New York has always been a small space market, five to 15,000 square foot tenants leasing. I don't remember what the number was, two thirds of uh, equating to two thirds of all deal activity. It was always underpinned by, you know, the whales in the market. It was, you know, you'd only hear about the big companies in the post, you know, taking, you know, a million square feet, 300K, something like that. Yep. Um, and, but those little tenants were always there and they were leasing. There were, there have been pre-built programs, you know, since I started in real estate and probably before that, you know, landlords realize small tenants, they, they want to, um, you know, they, they don't want to build space. They, they just want to move right in, kind yeah. of like an, an apartment. Um, that was only accelerated by Notel and WeWork with, um, you know, their on-demand services. And then, you know, as you know, we've seen how all that went, now landlords, you know, they can do those business models cheaper. So they've, you know, whether it's a, you know, fully wired and furnished pre-built rather than opposed to just building the space and having the, the, the tenant have to, move in all the furniture and all that stuff. But that's besides the point. The point now is that these small tenants and, you know, them making up the majority of the demand in the market, um, landlords can't afford to miss them. Um, where in the past they could. Right. It's like, it's like, all right, I have a hedge fund building on Madison Avenue. You know, I'm going to situate it well. So I'm going to have those pre-built spaces and, you know, I'm going to market it to them. But if I missed, well, I'm just going to get the next guy to exactly. launch out of Goldman. Yeah, I'm going to call the the other brokers in in the head in the hedge fund world, and I'm going to say, "What else do you have? What else? Who do, who else do you know starting a spinoff hedge fund? Stuff like that." Now it's like you can't afford to miss it. If that demand is in the market, you need to try to do everything you can to grasp it. And what I love about you know what VTS Market is doing to help landlords with that is if you have if a landlord is set up perfectly on VTS market they have their they have their their building website they have you know their flyers they have social media ad campaigns going they have really good brokers that are canvassing both direct tenants and you know tenant reps that mm-hmm. they know are in the market um, they're just going to pull in a tidal wave of data and part one of my favorite points of the ty- of that data is is inbound um, tenants you see coming from the website. And back to my point earlier, like no one ever, we all thought these websites were just kind of a waste of money. If you embed them with, you know, virtual tour links and you have the ability to track analytics and CIP address tracking, back to the point on dipping your toes in and out of the market, seeing, you know, seeing that, you know, you like the house, you don't like the house, I'm going to live at my parents, I'm going to stay with that theme you can catch when these tenants are poking in and then then you can have your 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 broker call that tenant rep who represents them or maybe you've never heard of them before and you just have them call you know call the tenant directly but you know when they're in 
and you know when they're out and you can see it in the data. You, it's just, it's one, it's one of those things. It's new to, to brokerage. It's new to real estate, but it's not a, it's not a new thing. It, in, it's, it's been around. I don't know how long this type of stuff's been around, but it's just new to, to, to commercial real estate. So brokers have to learn to appreciate it and understand and know how to div, divvy up, slice and dice this data, uh, to make it work for them. And, um, you know, there's a million other, you know, analytics that VTS provides, but that's just one of my favorite ones. And I've seen it. And it's even cool when you can see post tour or during a negotiation that the tenant you're working with or that you're negotiating with is coming back to your website, you know, every day, you know, multiple times a day, you can see all the suites they're looking at. So it's a good way for landlords and brokers to like be able to direct conversation in the way that they want to and kind of have they have you know knowledge they they it's like they they know what the tenants thinking sometimes before the conversation is had and it you know can provide a little leverage yeah i think the point you made before about like maximizing at bats right that is core to everything that we're trying to do to help the folks that we work with be it brokers or be it ownership groups when things are going super well you don't really need to maximize at bats you know that a fastball is coming next. Sort of what you alluded to. You miss a small lease, cool. Next one's coming in down the road. Nowadays, that's not the case. You need to make sure that you're using everything at your disposal to maximize those at-bats so that you put yourself in the best position to sign that lease. And I think in the past, and this goes back to supply and demand, right? You might not have, if you were a tenant, you might not have gotten your first choice on space that you want to lease. Now, you're getting your first choice on space that you want to lease. Well, well, that's actually an interesting point because, you know, with this, it's made the the the, the tenants being indecisive and, and coming back in and out of the market um, has made the brokerage job, you know, much more difficult. For and sure. like, you know, I think there's two sides to the story. There's all this space available, you know, you could have, you know, one might say they could have the pick of the litter. Any right. space could be mine. I just have to be in the market because... There's so few tenants. I can have whichever space I want, which ultimately leads to um, unrealistic expectations. Yes. Um, so then the other side of the story, which gives the brokers a hard time because, you know, they know what they can achieve and what they can't achieve. And it's always been like that. But now, you know, commercial real estate has been you know, the, probably the most talked about subject, especially in the U.S., like over the past yeah. two, three years. So everyone's thinking about office space. No one ever thought about office. No one ever talked about office space before. And so then the other side of the coin is what is leasing? It's the trophy. It's the, it's the A, A plus, even A minus, you know, space with the amenities. And so in that market, like you don't have the pick of the litter, you're competing and you're, and then that's, and that's why it's driving top dollar. And that's why you see, you know, landlords like related, converting the Neiman Marcus into more office space. It's, it's, you know, that wouldn't have, no one would have thought that would have happened, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Four it's, years it's, ago. It's extremely interesting just how, how much things have changed in three years. I think it's for the better. I think we're in probably the toughest part of the market that we're going to be in at this point. But again, even if the mark, even when the market starts to pick up a little bit and pick up a little bit more steam, I think, you're going to see 
a lot of these tired spaces and these class B, class C properties, like there's going to be decisions to be made about what they actually want to do with those, which will in turn limit the supply a little bit more to meet the actual demand in the market. So the competitive nature, the way in which tenants are thinking about space, that's not going to change. That's not going to change. So if you want to be competitive in this market, you need to adopt this mindset of being gritty, of maximizing your at-bats, of using everything at your disposal to put your best foot forward so that you are presenting your space to a tenant in the way that they need it to be presented to them. And that's very important, right? Like the, this, this personalization aspect is very important in terms of how you're actually going to lease space in the future. And then the understanding and the confidence that you have that after they come on site to visit your space, they're likely going to be sharing that space with other people in their organization who are never going to come on site. So making sure that they're seeing it in the way that you want to be seeing and not, you know, I go into tour an office space and I take out my iPhone and it's a little bit blurry because, you know, I ate fried chicken the other day and I, 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 uh, I blurried up the camera. You don't want that to be the way in which your space is actually seen. You want it to be seen in a professional manner, in an easy to consume manner. And you want to make sure that when that space is being seen, you know about it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, couldn't have said it better. I mean... Honestly, I think, call it a bias or not, I think it's just exciting times for commercial real estate and, and you know, digital marketing. I think there are very few industries where, you know, you can, you can you're seeing the, like, the onset of it right now. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's only going to make brokers stronger. I think brokers need to learn how to live with it and how to incorporate it into to their daily processes because it's really not that hard. And I, if I was doing, if I was being preached this, probably if I was still a broker, I'd be slow too. Not saying they're slow. It's just, they're so busy. They have all this stuff always going on. They have people, they have clients that expect, have expectations of them. Yep. They have seniors that are, have expectations of them. But if they learn, if they take the time to learn the value that a VTS market can provide to them, you know, they're going to be bringing insights to their senior partners. They're like, how'd you know that? And it's, it's like, there's, it, it, it adds, you know, layers to a leasing meeting where, you know, maybe you don't have a lot of activity that week, but you can talk to your landlord about, well, these are all the companies this week that, you know, we've noticed have, um, you know, viewed these listings and it looks like they're coming from the website or the, you know, it, it was a link that I sent them. Um, so it, it gives them a way to show in a tough market like this, you know, that they are working, that they are working their butt off for, for their, their, their landlord. And landlords aren't living in La La Land. They know it's hard out there. So they're going to appreciate anything you can, any additional, you know, data insights you can bring to them on a weekly basis. And back to your point, just about like, I don't want to say saving a listing, but a lot of what brokers are doing now is making sure that their ownership groups know how hard that they're actually working to lease the space um, that they have in front of them, right? So we spoke about this earlier. Everyone knows when a whale is in the market. Everyone knows that. But the mentality and the shift and the focus has now become on those 10,000 square foot leases that were kind of in the dark prior to 2020. Being able to show that we are marketing to those particular industries, understanding what brokerage shops actually control that part of the market 
that's all very important things and it helps you make decisions in a market where, again, the other shift that's happened, right, is money isn't cheap anymore. So if you're going to spend marketing dollars, you need to spend marketing dollars in the exact right way. So who are you going to market to? It's actually, it's a funny point or interesting point you bring up there because I never, never even crossed my head until VTS. And it, it was actually confirmed by a, a Cushman broker I was speaking to in a VTSE interview type setting. But um, one of the ways that he views um, the companies viewing his listings is like, you see the the tenant companies, but you also see the brokerage companies, and like a lot. And there's even an exclude real estate company button. So, you, but the value he saw in knowing the volume of how much CB is looking, how much Cushman, how much Colliers, how much JLL is looking, is that he can go to his landlord and say, you know, we should probably have like a breakfast for just Cushman because seems like they're looking at the the you know the building the most over yeah. the last month. We don't know who it is, but let's keep it broad. I mean, it's probably, you know, juniors who work with seniors and, you know, let's let's try to get as many junior mid-level brokers in here as possible because it seems like that's where our our interest lies right now. And it's just a data point that I never even considered and and then it, I know it's a big part of um, you know, VTS data studies that we do for for landlords and and they certainly appreciate it too. Hundred percent. I think you know from from the perspective of of what we do, all we are trying to do at the end of the day is make the lives of the comp- the people that use our software easier. And I think the most one of the more interesting things about market in particular is this is really the first time that the product that we've created it's focus on an external change that's happened in the market that's pretty universal for anyone. And really the goal of it is to make the experience for their clients better, right? Like this is something that is directly impacting how their clients, their tenants are working with them. And I think that's the most interesting part of this for me personally, is this is not just having an impact on, you know, the leasing software is very much internal internally driven how do we make our processes internally more efficient market is very much externally driven how do we make the process for leasing space easier how do we maximize our at bats how do we make the experience for tenants more valuable when they work with us as opposed to our competitors exactly um i know i think that kind of goes back to what I was used to in, in brokerage, you, you know, when you when you when you put together a survey, you were scrambling for photos. You maybe you took some of your own. Maybe you asked the agent to send whatever he had. A lot. Of, sometimes you were just sending over, you know, uh, core and shell floor plans, but just to make the book complete. Right. It was. But imagine receiving that on the other end as a tenant. You're like, first of all, you're getting a 30 page book of the five spaces you're going to go see, and it's you know you're flipping through it, and they're stagnant Not photos. Not engaging. Yeah. And then, so, you know, you got to think about how not commercial real estate, how it lags residential, like look at a Zillow or a Trulia or Streeties, whatever, you know, the people looking at commercial real estate are the same people looking for houses and apartments. 100%. So how do they digest, you know, when they're, when they're in that market, it's, they go on the internet. Most people who don't even, who just, I bought a house and I, and I still look at Zillow every single day. <laughs> Maybe that's a mental illness, but um, <laughs> um, that's how people di- want to digest 
just products in general. So I think commercial real estate is, has realized that, and you know that's why it's become a not a not a uh, not a uh, option, a, a need. Yeah. So kind of wrapping this up a little bit, but we've talked a lot about today. We've talked a lot about the past. Let's talk about the future. And not really a prediction, right? Because I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen in the future. I think what we know is what we're going to do in terms of supporting our clients. We're going to double down. We're going to double down on your team, working with brokers hand in hand. We're going to double down on the technology side, making sure that we're listening to our clients, but we're also listening to the market and tenants and understanding how their change in behavior can be applied to what we do from a software perspective. So from from the sales side and the ownership side, that's that's my mindset. From your perspective, like what is your what does the future look like for the broker activation team with VTS and how you work with the brokerage community? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the sky's the limit from as it comes to to brokers and technology. I mean, it, it's 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 been a slow run, you know, since Ryan Masiello and Nick Romito started this company. You know, Nick Ryan always says you know, it hasn't changed much the processes. So. I think from a broker's perspective, they need, they're going to start to learn to evaluate and, and, and look at technology differently from their own processes as well as, you know, servicing their clients. So, you know, I think a lot of money has been invested in prop tech, but I think not so much on the broker side. I think a lot of pe- some people have tried. I think there people are working on this a solution. I think it's more got to come from the broker. It's got to be, it's got to make their lives easier. It can't take time. You know, vice, vice chairman at CBRE told me if it doesn't take one second or three seconds, then, you know, the broker's not going to do it. Yep. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a healthy mix of knowing what's out there, knowing what it does. How could it help me? How could it service my clients? And then, and then, and then, you know, uh, creating the best solution possible. But there's, there's definitely change on the horizon and there's, you know, I think that this market COVID is, is only going to make the broker stronger. There might be a few less brokers out there um, or right size the industry, but I think the ones that are going to win are the ones that are going to, you know, be experts in their field, obviously, but also understand how they could be better and how technology could play a, a, a role in that. Yeah. It's an awesome perspective. Um, well, this was fun. It's great. My first, my first pond cast. Yeah. I don't know if you want to trademark that. I had to but, drop, but that's pond okay. Cast. We, can, we can cut that out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this was great. We can talk more about it on the golf course. Yeah. Shout out to 79 this weekend. Congratulations on breaking 80. That's really great. Third time. Third time. Under a 10 now. Under a 10. handicap. Moving up in the world. Good things happen to good people. That's right. <laughs> And that wraps up our time here at Trading Paper. I'm happy we got to chat today, Sam. It's always great when we can compare landlord and broker perspectives. That's it for the digital marketing episode of Trading Paper. Thanks for joining us and see you soon.